This is Cody Cast, the Cody Allen CMT Podcast. Hey, Cody, it's Chip. How are you, man? Hey, I'm good. How are you? I'm doing uh, pr- pretty well. Uh, every Everything you always answer like that, there's always an asterisk, like, I'm doing well, considering everything that's going on and what we're going through. Yeah. So yeah, we're, we're very fortunate. I'm doing great. How about you? I'm actually happy to be healthy and still working, and you know, there's a lot of people suffering, so yeah. um, just to be one of the lucky ones right now is um, is a gift. I agree, yeah. So, uh, are you in Nashville then, uh, quarantine with the fam? Yeah, we are. Um, we're, we're here in Brentwood, and uh, we actually came back early from the C2C Festival uh, a thousand days ago, it seems yeah. like. <laughs> but um, we came back and, and did an extra, you know, special quarantine, because we've been overseas and flown and everything, so for those... Uh, 14 days we hunkered completely and then to be honest it really hasn't changed much after that we've been doing the same thing ever since what has like family life been been like since you've been stuck at home is it puzzles is it binge watching tv and we'll get to your show in a second here but like what is it like for your family it's it's been all that stuff we um we do we do the big puzzles i think it's 1500 piece huge puzzle of like the the Sistine the Sistine Chapel ceiling um where David and uh, I mean where Adam and God are almost touching fingers yeah yeah and I I promise you that piece was missing where they almost touched (laughs) we couldn't find it at the very end we're pretty sure one of the dogs ate it Uh, but we've been playing that uh is it Settlers of Catan or Catan my kids taught me that uh taught my wife and I that so we've been doing that and also I've been doing the other stuff like a a quarantine live stream once a week Mm -hmm. um I've been doing and and that's been a lot of fun just to stay in touch with you know, people that like to hear the music, and and I've been at, been able to add a couple things to that, like that you would know about, like an interview or two with some of my Outer Banks friends, and uh, and a duet or two with some of my Nashville friends. So, anything to keep busy, and and, and those things I'm generally trying to get people to, uh, so we can all give back a little bit to the people that are not at home playing Settlers of Catan, but are out there being heroes and doing all the important stuff. We are in the middle of a 500-piece puzzle right now, and I, I swear every time I get near it, it gives me anxiety and like a headache to even think about like approaching that. So you must have a lot of patience. Well, I, I actually, well, you learn patience these days, don't you? Um, but we have a system, actually. We, uh, uh, we've come, we've long-time puzzlers, our family, I kind of guess, and we have some of us that are really good at finding the flat edges. Other ones group all the colors <laughs> Other ones are the ones that come along and go, where, where do you think this goes? And they'll find it. So it's, it really is a family thing. And by the way, we did, last year at the beach, uh, we have a big family, like 60 of us. And I don't know what made us think of this. We got 2,000-piece puzzles that were exactly the same. So if you got a big family or a big group you're quarantined with, try this. Get two of the same puzzles, massive, find two big tables somewhere, and then say go. Oh. <laughs> it's an insane puzzle race. Um, uh, it gets ugly, too. Yeah, I can see some uh, elbows being thrown thrown there and some fists eventually. <laughs> yeah, for sure. A little spying. Hey, get out of here. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, tell me about the quarantine music you've been doing with some uh, of your friends from Nashville. Yeah, uh, uh, Jonathan Jackson and I j- just recently did one of those uh, video duets where, you know, I do my part and I send it to him and he puts in the earphones and he sings along and uh, my buddy Steve Mandel has been uh, editing them together, putting them together on video and we yeah. did the Everly Brothers song, um, 
Let It Be Me. And before that, even, I got to sing with Lennon and Maisie in exactly the same way. There's a song from the show called You Keep Me Believing, and it's just one of those songs. And there's so many men from Nashville that just stand up in these hard times because Nashville was about hard times. So, so much of the music speaks to being there for somebody that's in need, being their sanctuary, about having a life that's good, about keeping people believing. So I really feel, even the further we get from that show, I feel really blessed by that catalog. So we were able to do that, and and people love that. A couple more questions about Nashville, then we move on. But um, tell me, what do you miss about doing the show? Well, it's simple. It's the people. Mm. Um, It's that's the quickest thing because so much of the rest of it, I mean, we can go watch it if we want and binge it. I haven't in a while, but I, but I might, but the music is all right there. That's an unusual thing about our show that most shows don't have. Usually you got to go watch it again to get back in that world. Uh, with us, people can listen anytime they want, anywhere they are. Yeah. And I do that sometimes. And, and I have a few of Deacon's guitars too. So I'll sit there and I'll play that. So I have a lot of touchstones for what it was, but what, and, and we are in touch. So many of us, we reach out now and again, Connie and I, I just uh, texted Connie happy birthday not too long ago. Um, and um, uh, so we do stuff like that, but it's not the same as you know, as that day to day being around each other. Think about college. You're in touch with college friends, but man, it's nothing like yeah. those days of just always hanging. And I mostly think back. We made a, a show that had some tears in it, but the making of it involved a whole lot of laughter, so I yeah. miss that. Beyond TV, who are the people you're keeping connected with during this quarantine time? Like, who are your uh, country music friends, the people in Nashville? I spoke with Brad, uh, Brad, uh, with Brad Paisley real early, um, and I'm just such... First of all, I'm a fan of his music from way back, but also his heart in his head. That guy is really good hearted what they've done with their local store here that was providing for seniors yeah. and for everything like that and all the all the different shows and plus on top of that man that guy figures out a million ways to do a million things i love the thing he's doing where he breaks in on people's zooms they give them his zoom their <laughs> yeah. zoom addresses and out of nowhere a family zoom and then there's brad paisley uh, yeah. to sing a song or two so i spoke with brad a little bit my buddy uh lee bryce and I have been in touch. I wish Darius happy birthday uh, just the other day. Um, uh, so, uh, I, and I actually wrote a song on over the Zoom there with uh, my buddies from Low Cash and uh, and and Danny Myrick. And man, we're loving that song. And I'm I'm waiting to hear what they do with it. Cool. Um, to Outer Banks now. Why was this uh, appealing to you when you saw the script and saw it was Netflix and as a binge show and all this? Why was this show kind of the right move for you? Well, the quickest funny thing is that I've been going to the Outer Banks for our families. That, that puzzle contest I told you that occurred yeah, in the yeah. Outer Banks. So oh, we really? would we've been going there for years. So sometimes you get something and you go, "Wait, I know that." All right, I, I would love to shoot a, a show about that. We ended up didn't even shoot there. We shot in uh, Charleston, South Carolina. Oh, which I was wondering, is, yeah, is obviously the king of yeah. Wait, and I'm I, actually from South Carolina. I grew up around there, and um, I, I grew up in Columbia, and we would go to the Outer Banks of North Carolina um, all the time. So I could relate immediately to the scenery. So it's in Charleston, though, huh? That's interesting. Yeah, exactly. But the other thing about it then was once I started reading it, and more to the point when I spoke with um, the creators, uh, Josh and Jonas Pate and uh, and Shannon Burke, they were talking about where this character was going to go, and we won't give any spoilers, but right. suffice to say, I knew it was a long way from Deacon. And 
what you what you don't really want to do is go be some other version of what you just uh, finished in, right. in a large role. You want to you want your next big role to be um, something that takes you somewhere else, and this definitely did that. And then by the time I met this young cast, I was all the way on board. Mm-hmm. I, it was incredible just watching how they had bonded so quickly and not just great young actors, but great young people. And, and that really means everything because I think that stuff shines through. I know it did on Nashville. Yeah. Um, so that was, that was important for me too. And for people who haven't seen the show yet, and by the way, it's, um, it, it's great cinematography. It looks great on the screen, but it also is so compelling because every episode is a cliffhanger. and You, you want to keep watching and watching and watching, and that's, of course, what it's all about. Take us to sort of the plot of the show for people who, who haven't seen it yet. Well, the best thing to tell you is even with that cinematography, with all of these things and the storylines you're saying, this was created and written by guys that have been friends forever, that grew up on, on beaches together, and are huge fans of all of those movies, those treasure hunting, young adults all hanging together, wrong side of the track. So whether it's, you know, I've been hearing Goonies, National Treasure, a little bit of The Outsiders. Um, uh, it's sort of like almost got some Ozark, but for younger kids, it's, you know, not younger kids, but younger adults. Um, and what it is, is just uh, in Outer Banks, they say there's three kinds of people. There's the Turons. That's the people that visit once a week. That's my family and yeah, I. Yeah. <laughs> and, and then there's the Pogues are the ones from the wrong side of the tracks. They're the ones with two jobs. And then there's the Kooks, and the Kooks are the ones with two houses. Yeah. Um, and this is about the Pogues. And one of the Pogues has a father that's a treasure hunter because the Outer Banks the shores out there are full of uh, ships that have gone down over the centuries. That's for real. That's the exact case. And even this treasure they're talking about was four million, four hundred million in cash. Four hundred million. And anyway, his dad has been looking this for this for years. And a year ago, before our show starts, that father disappeared. And now, as our show starts, a hurricane hits, and some things are stirred up. And he starts finding clues that lead him to believe that maybe his father found that treasure. And maybe that's why his father can't be found. Man, yeah. So, uh, but I will say this: as big as the four hundred million is, I think the real treasure to everybody. And and by the way, I just heard we went over a billion. Uh, I, I guess I don't even know what you call it on TikTok. A billion <laughs> Outer Banks references on TikTok. Really? A billion. Wow. wow. Can you wrap my head around that? But I think that is less about the actual gold treasure and more about seriously the treasure that is what it is to be in a friend group like that. Everybody looks like that. These friends that are through thick and thin hang together. And more than anything, while you're stuck on your sofa, why not go to one of the most gorgeous places on earth and go on yeah. a treasure hunt? Really is fantastic. Outer Banks. We'll look for your character Ward on the show. And before we let you go. I want to ask about auditions because over the years as an actor, I imagine you've auditioned thousands of times. Take me to one of the most memorable, Chip, like one of those times where I'll never forget auditioning at this moment. Oh, my goodness. Um, Well, I'll give you one. This is one I don't think I've ever shared before. I came extremely close on Band of Brothers, that incredible miniseries um, uh, that Tom Hanks produced. And I was all the way down the line. Don't even ask me which character I'm forgetting at this point. And um, this was before I had done anything of that sort of substance or that sort of level. And so this would have been a major jump. And I had one, two, three auditions. And then I had an audition with Tom Hanks in the room. And he was as lovely as could be, super kind, wonderful guy. And I sort of brought it. And I sort of I had a great audition. And so I went home and my agents called me up and said, they really like you. They just want one more audition. And, uh, and I'm thinking to myself, okay, what are you going to say? No. And I'm like, man, I'm like, if, 
if Tom Hanks likes you, who in the world else needs to say yes? (laughs) So, of course, I show up to that audition. I walk in the room. There's nobody in there but Tom Hanks and Steven Spielberg holding a camcorder. Wow. Oh, my gosh. And uh, they have me get down behind a chair and act like I'm uh, fighting uh, in World War II and and doing a scene. And while I'm crawling along this carpeted floor, Steven Spielberg is four feet from me crawling along with this camera. And... Uh. I'm telling you, my brain was exploding. I was trying to be as cool as I could, but I grew up on Jaws and Close Encounters and everything that everybody grew up on, E.T. And so I just did my best. I hung in there. Probably nothing you could have seen that I was nervous, that I was nervous maybe, but I'm sure in in Steven Spielberg's viewfinder, I probably looked a little (laughs) nervous. So I ended up not getting that one. which which hurt for sure, but I got to tell you one final addendum to that. Yeah. I my wife at that time knew how hard that hit me. I was a pretty easygoing guy. I would I would take losses as I could, but that one hit me a little bit. She wrote me on a piece of notebook paper, just the kindest, most loving note about. I know this hurts, but this is a step. You were in the room reading for Tom Hanks and Steven Spielberg, and you came very close. You have no idea why they didn't choose you. Yeah. You just keep going because you're doing something right, and you're meant to be doing this. And I, that meant everything to me. And then I lost that note forever till I came to Nashville. Right after I got Nashville, we moved into this new house. I'm unpacking and out falls this note that, you know, 15, 20 years after that disappointment, I'm starting this new show, getting to play Deacon. So it was unbelievable. Wow. What a great story. Truly. Yeah. You are absolutely one of the greats. Like not only a great actor, singer, songwriter. I feel like you're like in baseball, they called him a five tool player, like the guy who can do everything. So um, (laughs) thank you for your friendship over the years and uh, good luck with the new show. Oh, thank you. I want to tell you, you have one of the tweets of the quarantine for me. Okay. Um, You're going to have to help me with the exact language, but it was something (laughs) along the lines of, at this point, I'm ready for the murder hornets, or what was it? It was, I think I might be ready to be murdered by a hornet. (laughs) That was, I I literally, you know, they say LOL. I literally (laughs) LOL. That's my boy. That's good. good. All right. Well, you guys take care. My best to your family. Holly, if you need anything, okay? All right. Same to you. Take care, See you soon. Bye. Thanks for listening to Cody Allen's podcast. This is Cody Cast.